The San Francisco 49ers defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. Never a doubt. 42-19 the final. We're giving out game balls. The, the, how did this game happen? The biggest plays. We had ejections. Guys ejected that aren't even part of the team. And, of course, Croc is going to talk a little bit uh, to some folks out there. All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thank you all every much for making us uh, so much for making us your first listen Every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm so excited. Can't even speak. This was such a, a game. Uh, it's highly anticipated. And wow, the way this one went down in Philadelphia on Sunday with the 49ers 42-19 win. Uh, I do want to thank everybody, all the everydayers out there. We know who you are. We love you. S- uh, subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Croc, did the 49ers and Eagles even belong in the same building on Sunday? Forty-two nineteen. I know you got something to say off the off the bat, so I'm just going to let you go. I do believe they they belong in the same. Sentence they they belong in the same everything, right? When you look at the 49ers, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they are the cream of the crop when it comes to the NFC. The interesting thing is there is one when we talk about the cream of the crop, there's one at the top, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. And we saw what they did today. Uh, I would say when it was six to seven, I got my brother right here, my big brother, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, right there. There it goes. Oh. And if what's on his head, too, for those of you not watching on YouTube, he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. He's got a Dodger hat on his head. Uh, that's one of the worst combos that, that I've ever heard of. Um, and I'm sure on I'm sure on one hand, as a Cowboys fan, he's happy about what the final score was here, Croc, because, you know, the hated Eagles were beaten. But he can't be too happy about how good the 49ers are right now and knowing he's not going to be able to run through that wall in the playoffs. It's hard for him because the battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, or I'd even say the 49ers and the, and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I grew up in the house. My Me, my brother, 49er fan, Dallas Cowboy fan. He's a Cowboy fan because of my Uncle Tracy. All right. But it is really hard because you try to be politically correct. And for a Cowboy fan, you want the Eagles to lose the game. But when I'm a 49er fan... And he's a cowboy fan. You want you want to see your brother like be kind of disappointed with the outcome of the game. And unfortunately for him, that's not what happened. <laughs> and he was talking all game. And I told him when the game was seven to six, I said the 49ers are gonna blow blow the Eagles out. And he didn't believe me. But that is exactly what happened. All right. So, BJ, do you have anything to say about how that game played out? Ask him what it's like to watch a quarterback that throws more touchdowns than interceptions. And we're going all the way back to Troy Aikman with that one. <laughs> on 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 Lockdown 49ers, Peacock and myself, Eric Crocker, we try to be very um objective. You know, we try to toe that line. Yeah. Right. Objectivity uh, was, is key, Crocker. We try to be very objective. Yes. And 
we try to, and I, I did this when I went, it was me and like even with Corbin, right? Like when, when it was the Seahawks, I tried to be very like, okay, maybe the Eagle, maybe the uh, Seahawks can win. But in my head, I know like the Eagles really have no chance. I'm not being the objective right now. And I told you when the game start when the game started, and even when the 49ers barely were up, I said the 49ers are gonna blow them out. But that wasn't an objective. I just knew. You know what, Croc? Enough with your brother. The Cowboys don't matter right now. The Cowboys are a distant memory for the 49ers when they stomped them earlier on in the season. They're way back where the 49ers and the and the Philadelphia Eagles are right now when we're talking about the cream of the crop in the NFC. They the, the Eagles, as bad as this blowout was, they put up nine more points than the Cowboys did. So we need to not focus on the Cowboys. We need to focus on the San Francisco 49ers, who are the best team. Not only, you said NFC, they're the best team in the NFL, Croc. And we got to talk about how and why they completely dominated the Philadelphia Eagles in this football game. Uh, it was not start to finish, Croc. It was ugly early, but after an 0-4 start for Brock Purdy, after a couple of three-and-out drives, after a couple of quick scores by the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers defense bent a little bit. They did not break. They forced field goals instead of touchdowns. And then the 49ers started Rolling 19 of 27, 314 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero, zero interceptions. Brock Purdy only sacked twice for four yards in this football game, Croc, as the 49ers stomped on the gas. Three touchdowns from Debo Samuel, uh, two of them receiving, one of them rushing. Uh, what a performance by Debo, who talked the most, did not back down from his talk. He doubled down, he tripled down on it. And do you remember what? He said, he said this. Hey, man, we'll catch you on Sunday. We'll catch you on Sunday. He said he didn't want to take back any of the trash he talked. And what did he do? He backed it up to the tune of three touchdowns, Croc. Debo Samuel gets my first game ball in this one for talking the talk and then walking the walk, walking very fast, in fact, through that secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles en route to a 42-19 win for the San Francisco 49ers. Almost a laugher. Sam Darnold made an appearance in this game. They're pulling starters. They're so far ahead in this game against the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. So to everybody out there who who said anything about, oh, man, you guys can't talk. We beat you fair and square. It didn't matter if you didn't have your quarterback. You know what, Croc? I think it mattered a little bit. And I've seen a lot of it in the chat. I've seen it online a little bit. This was a game that all eyes were on Brock Purdy. We talked about it throughout the week. I told you, I know how this game's going to go based on just one stat line is Brock Purdy's because the Eagles are going to do what they can to try to stop the run. Can Brock Purdy do his thing? Brock Purdy's the thing they were missing in the NFC Championship game. He's the thing they had in this game. And what did they do? They put up 42 points of offense, even when things were a little weird early and they weren't up early. Brock Purdy is a dude. The 49ers have a ton of dudes on that football team including Debo Samuel, including Christian McCaffrey. We're going to give out a whole bunch of game balls in this one, but my first two game balls go to Debo Samuel for his three touchdowns, for backing up all of his talk, and Brock Purdy throwing four touchdown passes, the guy who could not play in the last game and who does make that much of a difference. This is the best team in the NFL when they're healthy. Crop. Next, more game balls to give out in this one. Uh, we might find more people... Uh, in Croc's life to to talk smack to because I know there's some other folks that like other teams as well that they haven't been believers of the 49ers. They haven't been believers of Brock Purdy. And uh, and of course, we're going to get into the chat a little bit. Game balls. 
Greenlaw ejected in this one. Who the who was that big faced dude on the sideline that was trying to start that also got ejected on the Eagles sideline? We got to talk about all of it coming up on this edition of Locked On 49ers. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Do the holidays get you down a little bit? It's it's not it's not something that is unheard of to feel a little bit blue during the holidays, right? So whether your uh, family is um, giving gifts this holiday season, whether they are uh, not around at all, sometimes you just need somebody to talk to throughout the holidays, get you through the season, right? There's so much expected of you when there is family around. There is so much pressure put on a, a lot of people during the holidays for all various reasons. So if you've ever thought about trying online therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Whether it's starting therapy, uh, maybe just going easier on yourself during the holidays, uh, during tough moments, treating yourself day to day, get that complete reset, right? Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. And sometimes it's just that check-in you need once a week with a licensed therapist to make sure you are on track in your life and doing all the things you need to do in your life to be the person you want to be and live the life you want to live. So in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We got to talk about the the incident that happened. And there was a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving in the NFC Championship game as well. Do you think Dre Greenlaw got a raw deal getting kicked out of the football game uh, for uh, kind of a little, you know, it wasn't much of a punch. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish with whatever he was doing when there was a security guy on the Eagle sideline that was pushing him. And what's crazy is he didn't even get a flag on that. That was just the, the Eagle sideline taking an uh, exception to Dre Greenlaw's tackle. He ta- he was in bounds when he tackled him and threw him on the ground. That was just, it was just NFL roughhousing. That wasn't like uh, any kind of a, a crazy event. And I understand why the Eagles might not have liked it, but when you are a civilian on the sideline, you're putting your hands on a player. Uh, I just hated the whole thing. I definitely understand why the Philadelphia Eagles might not have liked it, but I've talked about Dre Greenlaw and like what he is and what he means to the 49ers. He is a habitual line stepper. He is the Dre Greenlaw of the 49ers, you know, or excuse me, Dre, Draymond Green, excuse me, Draymond Green of the 49ers. He's the guy who you have to accept kind of what he is and what comes along with that. So he did slam uh, Devontae Smith. He maybe did not have to slam Devontae Smith. He did push or kind of throw a punch at the coach or assistant that was on the sideline. He probably didn't have to do that, but he's the player that potentially would do that. So I accept the good and the bad and what he is. And you heard on the telecast and, you know, what they talked about when it came to Dre Greenlaw, the guy that, uh, you know, potentially the hardest hitter on the 49ers. He's the guy that kind of like sets the tone on what the 49ers football brand is. I kind of, I liked it, but unfortunately for him, because of what he is, he can potentially get ejected. And that's what we saw. So uh, that part of it was tough, but I don't I don't mind what he did because I know what he is. So, uh, again, it, it is tough, especially when the player was kind of in bounds when the play happened. But. You can't slam guys. You, you just can't. They didn't feel in this day and age, they're going to throw that flag. They do that flag. It ended up tossing them out the game. But I know what Greenlaw is, so 
it was it was kind of it, it, it's tough. It's the same with with Draymond Green too with with the Warriors. And it's like if you take away his style of play and the way he is and the way he's wired, he wouldn't be the player he is. He probably wouldn't be in the league. And it's probably the same with Dre Greenlaw. If he uh, Draymond Greenlaw, I love that name. And if if Dre Greenlaw wasn't wired the way he is and played the way he is, maybe he's not even in the league. So you got to take the good with the bad there. You, you, you wish he'd be smarter and and not get himself ejected from the game. Luckily, it did not hurt the 49ers in this one. It could have hurt him in a different game that might have been tighter at that point. Um, you know, and and uh, I hated the whole thing. And Big Dom, whatever the dude's name is, like I, I don't security. You, no, you never. You can't touch a player. You, that guy. That guy can't be on the sideline again this season, and maybe ever. Like it's just something that can't happen. In fact, uh, Drake Greenlaw's old teammate Aziz Al Shayer on Twitter came up right away and said, "Who's this dude touching people on the sideline? You touch me on the sideline, you're not another player. You're not a ref. There's going to be problems." And uh, and I saw a bunch of players and ex players bringing up that same point. Like it's something that can't happen. So that dude can't be on the Philadelphia Eagles sideline really ever again. Like, you just, that cannot happen. Uh, and I, and I hate that Drake Greenlaw ended up paying the price for it. Um, the, uh, the, the, the game ball I want to talk about here. I mean, the 49ers were really good on defense. It's all, you almost want to give one to Steve Wilkes, give one to everybody. You give one to the whole organization and John Lynch, you know, everybody for, for this game that was so highly anticipated. And the 49ers saw this 42 to, to 19 win. Right. But uh, I love where Charvarius Ward is right now. We saw it with DK Metcalf last week and he's getting the number one shutdown treatment right where he's going to travel with guys and traveling with aj brown dk metcalf's old college teammate in this game and he got beat early on a slant some some people said it was a little push off from from aj brown aj brown made a nice play a little catch and run um but traveris ward was up to the challenge they, they were pushing themselves a little bit later almost gotten a little scuffle themselves um he uh he he had straps on A.J. Brown in the end zone, trying him on the fade route, and Charveris Ward's right there, wasn't having it, forced a field goal for the Eagles. Um, I was just really impressed with uh, a lot of what the 49ers did, uh, especially the corners because Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are really good, and they made a few plays early, but I thought they did a really good job on the outside, and uh, and Ambry Thomas was really good as well. Uh, I don't know if you feel like you want to give a game ball to somebody in the secondary, but I know you have thoughts on the way the 49ers secondary played in this one. I thought there were times where, especially when they came to Embry Thomas, uh, they were in zero coverage in one play. Zero coverage, again, what I was taught, and we're talking about with uh, Coach Rex Ryan when I was with the New York Jets and how they wanted us to play certain coverages. When you come to zero coverage, it's supposed to be you're off coverage. Okay, you can sit at five or six yards. But the ball has to come out quick and right now. And... Embry Thomas backpedaled out on one play and it ended up resulting in a big play for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think this game could have even been worse than what the final score eventually was because that play resulted in his first down. But Embry Thomas, I do want to give him a, uh, a game ball for the rest of the game and how it played out. Soft early on, but ended up tightening down. I thought he played tight enough coverage uh, throughout the game to affect the eventual outcome of the game. So shout out to Embry Thomas, a guy who we've been trying to figure out, okay, what is he? Who is he? We understand what he was at the end of last season, but he's not the guy that they're turning to right now, right? It's D'Amador Lenore. So he's come in over the last few weeks. I think he's done a good job. 
uh, I'll give him a game ball for being able to compete against a guy like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, it's crazy with with Avery Thomas too, because there was a time I was like, is he even going to be on this team? And uh, he, he was, you know, at the bottom of the depth chart, and um, and now he's, you know, kind of starting on the outside when when Demo moves inside uh, in the slot. Uh, and uh, and man, and by the way, Croc, guess who we saw making an appearance at safety? Like like we thought might happen it was Isaiah Oliver was in there a little bit playing a little bit of safety. So uh, I think uh, apparently pregame he was working out with the safeties and working out with the with the slot corner group so i think that's what we have now in isaiah oliver he's an inside player and we might see him just basically be the third safety for the san francisco 49ers right now so uh, i do want to give a game ball to, to steve wilkes just because of how good the 49ers defense played they were kind of put up against it early a couple of quick three and outs by the 49ers offense and they did not allow that early touchdown and that was huge to allow the 49ers to stay in it early and not get uh, avalanche by like a multi-touchdown deficit that they had to come back from. And it turns out they probably would have been able to come back from that deficit, but they didn't have to. And that changes the style of game. It is, it changes the way that both teams are able to call the game. So that was absolutely huge. So I love what I saw from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Eagles offensive line is obviously really good. Uh, Lane Johnson's awesome out there. He did a really good job on Nick Bosa, but Bosa was really trying to do his best to make sure he held contain on on Jalen Hurts and, and their game plan was to keep him in the pocket and Hurts made some good throws and some good plays early but I think that was the the right game plan and they, they did a good job and, and Hurts overall was ended up not being very good from the pocket so good on the guys that were covering because there wasn't as much pressure on Jalen Hurts as there might have been on some other quarterbacks in in past games so uh, I, I thought the defense passed the test with flying colors so good on the entire unit so just for a you know a, an all-encompassing Game ball, I want to give one to Steve Wilkes, who was taking some grief earlier on this year, Cry. I always thought the grief that uh, he took on was very overblown, uh, considering the situation. You had two games where the 49ers defense did not play well, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Minnesota Vikings. But outside of that, the 49ers were a top-five unit, really in almost every statistical category throughout the year. Well, they were playing actually very well, especially when it came to points. And now when you see how they've kind of rebounded, when you look at the Jaguars game and the Eagles game, it's like, oh, the 49ers are one of the top scoring defenses in the league. Well, they've been good all year. But everybody wanted to focus on a couple of games where they did not play exceptionally well. And then in those same games, the offense didn't play well either. So, you know, I, I would like to actually give a game ball to the offense for complimenting a defense when they were able to get stops in this game. You know, you had two long drives from the Philadelphia Eagles that resulted in field goals, and then the offense started to respond. And not just respond, they responded in touchdowns uh, from here on out. So I give a, a game ball to the Dallas – I mean, excuse gosh. I give a game ball to the, to the San Francisco 49ers. I know, I got my brother here with Dallas Cowboys. I give a game ball to the 49ers <laughs> offense for how they were able to respond to – not playing great early on, but ended up putting up a lot of points. All right. Uh, so next, I want to talk a little bit more. We got some more game balls here. And uh, our final thoughts on the 49ers dominating 42-19 to 19 win at the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 13. Next. Today's episode of Locked Up 49ers is brought to you by Game Time and the Game Time app. And 
a special offer, $20 off your first purchase for our listeners. Promo code locked on NFL. A little bit more on that a little bit later. You shouldn't have to worry. It shouldn't be a hassle when you're trying to buy tickets for your next big event, whether it's a 49ers game. And by the way, I did see some interesting tickets, 49ers, Eagles, last minute. I wasn't going to go. I just wanted to see, and the tickets did come down. You could have got a, a probably a pretty cool last-minute ticket there on game time to go to that football game. NFL game, sports, music, comedy. Theater events near you, all of them, killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and Game Time's best price guarantee. Game Time takes all of the guesswork out of buying tickets, and especially for those last-minute deals. And I love the all-in prices up front. You know what you're getting. You're never getting a great deal without the hidden fees that can hit you sometimes right when you're checking out when you're buying tickets. I hate that. All that is gone with Game Time. Find exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, you name it, you can find it. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time and download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I want to go to the chat really quick here, Croc, because um, DJ De La Cruz in the chat says, let's get that one seed and let the road to the Super Bowl go through Levi's. The 49ers are going to see the Eagles again. The 49ers are going to see the Cowboys. Let's have those games at home. Let's have those games at Levi's Stadium. And beating the Eagles opens up wide that possibility of the 49ers actually getting that one seed. If the 49ers didn't win this week, you could kind of kiss the one seed goodbye, and we would have all known that the road through uh, the NFC goes through uh, Philadelphia, right? The, the road to the Super Bowl. So um, I think that's huge for the 49ers now, and they have an opportunity to go get that one seed. And what a, a t- remember the stat we talked about a lot last year, and it's gone into this season when teams, after they play the 49ers, have like this terrible record and never win the next week. I think what this game could do for the 49ers is really not even on film showing what other teams need to do against the Eagles because the Eagles have played a lot of close games, but it might make the Eagles look at themselves in the mirror and not feel as confident about themselves every week. And I think this shows some cracks in the Philadelphia Eagles. It showed that they're not a team that's that's so good that you know even if you have a lead on them, you're not going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are a beatable football team. Every team in the NFL is a beatable football team. So if you're playing well, they're not tackling well in the secondary. There are ways that you can beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think it shows teams that, and I think the Eagles are going to be less confident. They're surely going to be less confident next time they line up and play the San Francisco 49ers, and now it would be uh, such a huge advantage for the 49ers to get them again next time at home. So one seed is now in play for the San Francisco 49ers this season. That's huge for the playoffs. I had some people asking me about this game, and I said the biggest thing is just showing that you can do it, whether it's beating this team. And we talked about that, and I know I keep talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but early on for the Cowboys, it was show that, you know, week five, show you can beat this Cowboy, the 49ers team. Show that you can beat this team that dominated you in the postseason. And they couldn't do it, and they got dominated in that game. So then you fast forward to this week, and you have the 49ers playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's very important and maybe more important for the 49ers than actually the Philadelphia Eagles that you can show. I mean, we could beat this team, even if we have to go to their house. Because right now, as it stands, the 49ers are a game behind Philadelphia Eagles. You need them to beat or lose to the Dallas Cowboys next week. But what if the Eagles don't lose the the Cowboys? They're probably going to be the number one seed. But you got to show and prove yourself 
that you can win that game. And I think the 49ers show, like, hey, man, we can beat you and challenge you anywhere we play, whether it's Philadelphia or in the Bay Area in Santa Clara. So good job, good job by the San Francisco 49ers by winning this game and really proving to themselves that no matter who the Philadelphia Eagles are, we can actually beat this team. I think that was a really big win. You think Brock Purdy has a lead or is more in the conversation for league MVP after this game, four, throwing four touchdowns on the Philadelphia Eagles in such a huge game that everybody, aside from, I think, two uh, I think two cities in the entire country were watching this football game. This is the Fox game of the week, and there wasn't a lot of competition on TV for this game. Um, I think it was L.A. and Cleveland were the, were the only places you couldn't see this game. Um, and, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, would have had a, a pretty big advantage if they'd won this game in the MVP race. And I think the, there might be a lot of votes for, you know, Christian McCaffrey. There might be some votes for for Trent Williams. Like, how about a game ball for Trent Williams and how much success the 49ers have when he's in the game and running behind him, like uh, th- there's no offensive lineman that's as valuable as him. And we saw the two best tackles in the league this week. Cause Lane Johnson's the best right tackle in the NFL. Trent Williams, best left tackle in the NFL. But uh, having that weapon out there that not only, you know, is going to keep you clean as a passer in, in protection, but like just the success the 49ers have had running behind him and that they were able to do that in this game when they needed to as well. It is huge. Um, and I think it's going to hurt the 49ers that they have multiple MVP candidates and, and, and re, you know, it's not going to be Trent Williams, but realistically um, if the vote was held today, McCaffrey would get a lot of votes, but I, I think it's Purdy, man. Uh, yeah. Purdy's going crazy right now. And his, his passer rating got better playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I think a game ball for the, Offensive line in general, really throughout this game. You know, a lot of people, because of how Kyle Shanahan, and I know we'll talk about that more on the next episode, and how Kyle Shanahan called the plays and what he was seeing and how it kind of played out. But he put the game in the hands of his quarterback, which everybody believes is hey, this is a quarterback that's playing at a very high level. And he tried certain things. It didn't really play out the way the 49ers wanted to early on. But I thought the 49ers offensive line actually played very well. Everything that I was seeing in my mentions on Twitter throughout this game, or at least throughout the first half, was all the 49ers offensive line, they're not playing very well, but they played a little bit better through, and, you know, for the second quarter. Like, no, I think they played well right away, but the ball was designed to come out of Brock Purdy's hands quick and efficiently, and that's not what happened. Maybe Brock Purdy was a little... Uh, amped up. Maybe he was a little excited because of the moment, but I think it was Brock that didn't play well early on, but then as the game went on, he looked like he uh, trusted the offensive line a little bit more. Once he started trusting the offensive line, they started making more and more plays. You put the ball in the game, in the hands of some of the game uh, playmakers throughout this game, Debo Samuel specifically, and then he made plays. So uh, the offensive line, I thought, played well but then eventually got better and better, especially if you ask a lot of the fans uh, that were watching this game going on. I, I did think the offensive line got beat a little bit early, um, and it was it was strange that Kyle Shanahan didn't go to Christian McCaffrey more early on in the game and, and didn't even have the threat of run in some cases, not even having a running back in the backfield. It was like, okay, that's an interesting choice, and – yeah, and you're right. Those first, maybe it was you know getting a getting a little bit of the the jitters out for Brock Purdy early on in the game. Um, 
But man, the offensive line did a great job after that. Purdy did a fantastic job out of that. And the uh, one of the big talking points this week, Croc, and remember how we said, like, look, we uh, it would be really nice to see the 49ers go and just blow out the Philadelphia Eagles, right, and, and show them what's what, which they did. But then it was like, man, uh, can the 49ers win the type of game that the Eagles win a lot where they're maybe it's not going great early and they, they're able to come back through some adversity and go win a game? And the 49ers kind of did both in this one because it looked a little weird. And there was – I think there were some people – that were um, that were a little bit worried, and uh, if you look at social media, there was some there was uh, some gloating from uh, the other side about how bad Purdy was looking, how bad the 49ers were. It's like, oh, they're not ready for this. They didn't want this. It was like, oh no, guys, we're not playing well. This doesn't look good. What is Kyle Shanahan doing? Bad play scripts, like everything. After a couple of drives of the game, and Brock Purdy and the 49ers erased that quickly, and it was one drive after another. Boom, touchdown drive. Boom, touchdown drive. Boom, touchdown drive. Halftime. Boom, touchdown drive. Boom, touchdown drive. Debo Samuel, big play. Debo Samuel, big play. And it was just haymakers left and right. And uh, and they left no doubt in this one. So that was pretty phenomenal to see him start slow, come back, and then also still not only just come back and make it competitive, come back and and the defense not allow the, the Eagles to get a big lead and the 49ers offense to come out and just throw haymakers after haymakers and put up 42 points on the Philadelphia Eagles, 42 to 19 crock. Like this was not close. This was a thorough whooping by the 49ers to go to their house and do this to the Philadelphia Eagles. So we have Ian in the chat right now and he says, what is hurts average time to throw? You know, one thing when you're facing quarterbacks who have the ability to make plays off script or actually, you know, scramble for, you know, big gains on the ground, the pass rush kind of changes the way that they rush the passer. And they try to be much more disciplined. And that was one thing that I touched, told my bros, like, when we're watching this game, they're like, man, why are they rushing John Hurts like that? I'm like, man, they're, they're trying not to get out of their lane. They're trying to be disciplined in the way they rush the passer you have to uh, – if, if you just rush him like you would rush, let's say, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yeah, you'll get to him and you'll sack him. But quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, if you're out of your rush lanes, they'll spin out of that and run, and all of a sudden he has a 10-yard gain on the ground. So it looks like he has more time to actually throw the ball. But I think from a defensive uh, schematic standpoint, you actually want to give him kind of more time but try to play more coverage on the back end. And I think that's what the 49ers did a really good job at. Uh, I don't have Jalen Hurts' time to throw this season, but I, did, I do think it's creeped up closer to three seconds. Last year, he was at 2.76 time to throw for the season, which is kind of middle of the road. And for a guy, you know, that's not bad for a guy who who buys as much time as he does. And, and his his time to throw was, was, his time to throw was really long in this game. I, I'm, I'm sure it was over three seconds because there was not a lot of timing. There was a couple of those slants early, right? They were trying to hit those slants earlier on in the game. Uh, and I think uh, Fred Warner's helps put a stop to some of those. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so any kind of a, an athletic quarterback that buys time is going to have a higher time to throw. Um, and that can kill you on defense because it's harder to cover for that much time but it also creates more sacks and more other plays and fumbles and those things. And so we saw a little bit of everything in this game. And in the end, that's why I think the secondaries did such a phenomenal job because it wasn't the kind of pass rush plan for the 49ers to get a ton of pressure. And he's so good at, at buying time and getting out of the pocket and the secondary still held up. So that's what I was so impressed about with the 49ers secondary. So really just a complete game all around offense, defense lines, um, 
Uh, you know, McCaffrey, we didn't even talk about it. had a touchdown on this one, and it just like it, it's so fun to watch as well. I mean, just a complete one for the San Francisco 49ers. Dominated the Philadelphia Eagles 42-19. to We're going to come back tomorrow, a little rewatch, talk a little bit more uh, about this football game. Uh, we're going to start looking ahead again to another game against the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to talk to Wink. I know I've seen a lot of people in the chat talking about Nicholas Winkler, the Winkster Thomas, who has finally gotten one wrong from his preseason uh, predictions. And I know that he, along with everyone else, is elated that he was wrong in this one. So we're going to do that on Winky Wednesday as well. I do appreciate everybody for making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.